guys, welcome to another episode of Coffee with Coaches. Today, myself and Dave Menzano are joined by ex-colleague Alex Duthie. Alex, we worked with Alex back in 2008, 9 and 10 at Nuffield Health and Wellbeing, I believe it's called. Um, and today we're getting to all things fat loss, body image, mental health specifically men's mental health a little bit that's where uh, that's Alex's field at the moment he's a uh, very much an all-rounder when it comes to uh, the health and well-being industry um very uh, very knowledgeable guy um, a runner at the moment getting some incredible times um for for distance for distance running uh, we've like Dave mentioned in the podcast we've seen him lifting and be 90 kilos and I forget what he said his weight was at the moment but it's certainly not that um and as a result of uh basically being a, his own his own guinea pig he's a very very knowledgeable guy guys so um enjoy today's podcast get in touch with me any questions you might have via instagram tim college fitness on instagram and on facebook and dave menzano is the same dave menzano on uh, instagram and facebook as well so enjoy today's episode and i'll uh, catch you in the next one episode number 30 guys a bit of a milestone for me not very often am I so consistent for so long. Enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, Coffee with Coaches, episode number 29, I think it is. Um, myself, as always, Tim College, and Dave Menzano is my uh, Saturday guest. It seems to be that we've got into a routine of Saturdays. Um, and this week, we're joined by Alex Duthie. Duthie? Duthie? Um, a uh, good mate of ours and ex-colleague as well. We all worked together in 2009, 10, 11-ish, mate. Is that about right? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. sounds cool. about right. Um, yeah, so how's things? Alex and Dave, you all right? Yeah, really good. I think we've both been for a run this morning. Alex might have done a bit... Uh, Covered a bit more distance in less time. Than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and usually I, and six and a half. Six and a half, Alex. In I went slowly, yeah, because easy, faster in the morning. Uh, Thirty-five minutes, six and a half k, but steady. Right. Well, it's 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 a it's it's a beautiful morning, is it, compared to what it's been all it week? So it's nice to get yeah. out there and it's sun shining rather than raining. What did um, you do, Al? Yeah, I did. Uh, this morning was ten miles in seventy minutes. Um, some tempo wow. stuff in there as well. So decent Saturday morning session. Yeah, geez, good going. Flat, uh, uh, Alex, off your heels in there, or? Uh, no, not today. It's kind of a flat tempo. So uh, six by four minutes, uh, fairly decent whack with uh, a minute in between jogging. Um, if I do a session like that, I try and stay on the flat because most of the races, um, I'll, I'll enter are on the flat. So I like to get my legs going a little bit. Um, as we move towards winter time, that'll be when kind of more hill work comes out because of the cross country season. You need to but, come here sometimes. Uh, do Gelling Country Park with me? There's a, yeah, there's yeah. There's, there. a, there's a park run around there. I think. So, yeah. Where are yeah, you, Alex? Ilkeston. Ilkeston. Yeah. So probably about ten miles west of Nottingham. Yeah. Know it well. Yeah. Know it well. My my uh, my my folks are in uh, well separately, but they're in Hina and Losca. Oh, all right. So, it's not far away. Still. No, not at all. Um, yeah. Yes, guys. So we're going to get into uh, a bit about around this sort of uh, 
body image, weight loss. We, we're going to throw a lot of uh, sort of uh, anecdotal fat loss, loss uh, stuff into today's episode. Um, and we'll, we'll, we don't need to go over too much of our credentials of why, we, why we're authorities on the subject. I think we've, uh, you know, we've been in the industry for long enough to, to, uh, to talk about these kind of things. But I'll start the ball rolling with um, a comment that Alex made. He doesn't even know which comment it is yet. Um, on a post of mine, I don't know whether it was Facebook or Instagram. It was two years ago. And it was a before and after I put up of me in two different uh, phases of a, of a short. So it would have been uh, weightlifting, probably doing a split routine at the time. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd clearly lost weight, got a little bit leaner on it. And Alex said, um, without any intent, I don't think no agenda at all. He just said, look, mate, you're in good shape in both of those. And it kind of, I read between the lines of that as don't worry about it too much, mate, you're fine. And, and what he was, what I took from that was that, um, it, the industry at the time or the side of the industry I was looking into and doing a lot of and hanging out with, whether it be online and having an online coach or uh, actually going and doing some courses back home in Nottingham, won't mention who it was with, but was very aesthetically driven, very, too much so. I was healthy when I started, when I went to that course, I was fit and I was strong. Um, did three months with an online coach and was leaner for it but any any healthier probably not and alex's comment made me sort of reevaluate what i was going to train for in the future so cheers for that alex mm. i didn't, I didn't even know that they had that effect but you're absolutely right i think sometimes and oftentimes actually um we, we see ourselves um we see ourselves every single day and probably not in the way that other people see us so we'll we'll analyze the way we look the way we feel um and most of us will look at how we look in the mirror and, and think of things we want to improve things that aren't good enough um mm. and um, when other people look at us i, I would imagine that <clears throat> most people see the positives and see yeah. if, if you got leaner tim you were you 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 look fantastic when you were lean but actually where you started from is um a really good place as well mm. um although we're we're always trying to continually improve um how we are personally yeah and and no one no one would have ever said tim you're looking a bit flabby <laughs> nobody and when i was lean nobody would have said oh shit tim look we can see serrations in your shoulders i mean i'm never going to be massive without a bit of um you know, sort of Mexican supplements, but, um, I, you know, that's what I noticed. And I felt that that, that val validated me as a trainer for some reason. I was like, what, what, and then your comment and, and reading a bit and, um, hanging out with other sort of trainers and reading other, other sort of information really, um, made me reevaluate what I was going to do. And I was like, well, you know, that isn't where I want to be in my head. Never mind physically. I don't want to do that. And we, as we were speaking before we started recording, uh, physical challenges and sort of feats um, are, are, I think, more more to, to the kind of stuff I'll do in the future. Yeah, and mentally, mentally more healthy. Let's let's talk a bit. I mean, anything you want to say on that, Dave? Before I delve into a bit about about Alex's um, 
oh, uh, sort of profession at the minute? I think, uh, you know, there's many angles to this, really. I think that in a profession, for example, I remember a little while ago, I was sitting in a sauna when the gym was still open, right? And there's a, uh, there's a gentleman in a, uh, in a gym who's just, uh, who's just a man, but he's just been working out and he's chatting. And, you know, I'm sitting also there and I think he was uh, just a, like a new member. So I don't, I don't think really he, that he knew who I was because <clears throat> I was working there. And, um, and basically he's having a conversation with this other guy who's probably, you know, 18 years old and he's, you know, he's got a, you know, really good physique, this, this uh, young kid. And, uh, you know, this, this member says to this kid, well, I'll, I'll rather listen to your advice than the trainers up there because you're in better shape. And that's unfortunately, Tim and, and Alex, the way that a lot of people can judge uh, not only, you know, your knowledge, but also or your credentials, should we say, but also, um, you know, if you fit or not, because you could be, no, listen, don't get me wrong, you can be very lean, some people also, uh, you know, down to genetics are, are more lean than others. But it doesn't mean necessarily that if you are, you know, 7% body fat for, for men and, you know, 12, 14% body fat for female, which is very low, they're going to be healthier than somebody who's, let's say, 15% body fat as a man and, you know, 22, 24% as a female. Or that, or that they even know how they did it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Like, some people are just lucky, you know, like, just lucky and and often hard work as well but luck and hard work compared to um not so much luck and a lot of hard work a lot more hard work i think gives you a a, sort of definitely coming from a better position some of the best trainers i know and follow and and love and learn from were fat kids or fat in their youth or have, have been through some hardship some actual uh you know something that they've had to get over if you get given broad clavicles and you know long legs it, you, you know you're going to lean yourself towards swimming lifting being athletic and you're just going to be lean as uh, you know you're just going to get lucky out of it I've had arguments with a, a, a client in the past she was quite fat phobic and um I said look you're lean you're, you're lean because you're lucky she didn't like that she ran a lot she cycled a lot and she ate well I said why do you run a lot I like it why do you cycle a lot I like it why don't you eat cake? I don't like it. Or well, you did do fuck all to get like, like that. You didn't do anything to earn that. Somebody who's fat and defaults to knitting or playing on the PlayStation and defaults to uh, um, a, probably a more fatty diet, their default position is them to gain weight, but it's not really their fault. They've got kind of unlucky uh, from a genetic point of view, you know? Yeah. I think, I think it's, there's, uh, there's, another, there's another comparator here, which... If I, if I look at what I'm doing now, which is quite a lot of running, um, I'm six foot one, 77 kilos. So generally a healthy weight. Um, and I, I do quite a bit of mileage every week. But I'll step on the start line against someone who's five foot seven and probably 15 kilos lighter. And that's their natural build. Um, and they'll run a minute, a mile quicker than me. And they might only train 20 to 30% of what I do every week. And um, you, at some point, <clears throat> you have to realize that you're um, externally comparing yourself to others who um, 
are completely different. And mm. like you just said there, Tim, that, that, that client who you spoke of, she enjoys exercise. She enjoys eating healthily and she doesn't necessarily enjoy cake or maybe other types of yeah. food similar to that. And, and other people um, have less enjoyment from exercise and prefer the taste and, and um, yeah. uh, of those types of foods. And um, if you're someone who naturally kind of just enjoys being active, I know we, uh, we, we can get into more of this, um, then um, it, you, you might not feel like it's any effort to, to stay lean or get lean because it's just your natural behaviors. It's what you enjoy to do. Um, for others who aren't there, then it will feel like quite a bit of effort um, to, yeah. get, to get there and, um, and do something challenging. And it might feel um, unnatural to be out of breath and sweaty and um, pushing yourself beyond. Yeah, the, not everybody likes that, uh, that feeling, for sure. No. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the finding something you love to, to, to get to a position of being healthy, I think is really important. And I've had... Uh, I've had a, a bit of a discussion. I've, I've said this, everyone's going to give me shit for telling the story every podcast, but about six months ago, um, I went, I fell out with the gym and went to yoga. Like I literally drove to a yoga class, Googled the closest one to me and luckily found uh, a studio with three or four amazing um, yoga teachers and it got me addicted immediately. So all of a sudden I wasn't clock watching in the gym. I was training more and I was, I'm not... It was it was the the love of an, a new kind of thing for me that that gave it to me. I'm sure, and I, I lost weight as a result because my training sessions all of a sudden were 90 minutes. Where, you know, it's yoga, it's less intense, but it's now 90 minutes instead of 45 of me, you know, checking that I've done 15 or 20 sets or whatever. And um, the same, I mean, we'll talk about lockdown in a minute, but the same would happen if I was to move to. Uh, a mountainous region with a ski slope on my door, you know, I'd ski every morning before, you know, or surf. I've been on surfing holidays and surfed, you know, surfers aren't lean because of surfing or obviously surfing's an activity. Well, uh, surfing is hard work too, but yeah. I, I, sorry. Yeah. No, 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 exactly. Let, let me just say that um, we'll get Dave's take on this in a minute. Um, surf when, uh, so surf resort, East coast of Sri Lanka, wake up at six, nowhere's open for breakfast get to the beach, get surfing, have a coconut at eight, nine o'clock, surf for another two or three hours, get back for lunch at lunchtime at, at 12 o'clock, right? And had an amazing morning. And over the course of a month, a month long holiday doing that, you lose weight. Obviously, surfing's tough work. You're, out in the, you're living this healthy lifestyle. You've missed breakfast. You know, you're, you're addicted to it. You don't see many fat skaters. Why? It's because they go skating and they can't think about anything other than skating for however long. These things that people love to do. I know that you, you, you're going to talk about how sort of physically active these things are, but I think the, the, the love of them is more important than how physical they are. So if somebody was overweight for my first, let's say someone's overweight and they hated my training sessions. I train 10, 15 people at a time usually. I can't adopt it for that one person, but I, the advice I could give them would be, look, this might not be for you if you hate it. I'd sooner you go and do something you love. I'll still give you nutrition advice. I'll still give you fitness and health advice if you want it from me. But if you go and find something that you love doing, whether it be, you know, out here, I've lost, I've lost a lot of clients to triathlons out here because it's quite a popular thing. It's a nice clicky sort of community and they've gone to it and I've been like, oh, well, that, that's them. They've found something that they love and it's just not, this isn't for them. Um, 
Go on, Dave, what you got to say on it, mate? <laughs> no, no, but you know what? I mean, no, I, I agree with you in, in many ways. Uh, I think that's, you know what? First of all, to, to you know, to athletes or any other sport, I think I'm quite fortunate in a way that I like different disciplines as in different sports and activities. If I could choose, I would surf every day, no doubt. But I would still throw in some weights a couple of times a week just because I think that no matter the sports that you do, whether it's running, triathlon, surfing, skiing, or whatever, horse riding, the gym, and I, I'm sure that both of you can agree with me, you know, doing a little bit of strength conditioning, whether it's a little, you know, leg work, some stability work or whatever, upper body, is going to make you better at a sport. Now, you know, I'm 40 years old now, so I'm, I'm not saying that I'm old, but when I was a lot younger, I could surf for hours and hours, you know, no problem. Like now, I can start to feel my head from turning and looking at the waves. I can feel my lower back from being in that position. It, it's tough. So, you know, doing some, some strength work can, can help you with that. But on the same token, you also have to keep that mobility. So doing some yoga, and now I've just done my run. I came back, I did a, a couple of yoga flows, just five minutes. It makes me feel, you know, a lot better from, you know, from running. It helps my hips, it helps my, you know, my knees and, and things like that. Um, you know, when I used to surf a lot, uh, when I was much younger, man, you know, I was very skinny, but I was, I used to eat like a beast, guys. Yeah. I remember, listen, and I'm not saying it's good <laughs> and nobody should be doing it, but I, I would eat 20 Weetabix and then go into the water. <laughs> I, I had a, an appetite. I remember we used to go to, uh, to Burger King and I'd have, you know, six burgers, six burgers, guys and six, seven of those soft ice creams. And the last one, I used to get it to go because if not, I'd keep eating them. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like 55 kilos. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you was, was that when you was living by the surf, I take it? Yeah, I mean, I grew up, I grew up by, the, uh, you know, by, by the beach in Italy. So yeah. it's mostly you know, in the winter that, that, that you get to us, not so much in the summer. But I traveled a lot. I lived in Australia for two years. I lived in Canary Islands for four years. If he was around the ability to go and do your, your favorite yeah. activity, like, but, like Alex, you know, Alex likes his running at the moment. It's all, always on your doorstep, literally. But um, you know what? I'll, I'll just one more thing. But like now in the UK, because the water's a lot colder, you know, for anybody that, that surfs in, in colder weather, when you're in a cold water and the water's like seven or eight degrees, like it gets here in the winter, not, not, you know, don't even bother about, you know, the energy that you expend paddling and surfing and duck diving just being in a cold water for two hours. Shivering. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the, you know, I'm, if I surf like one day at that temperature for the whole week, I'm starving. Yeah, 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 cool. Um, just, so, um, Tim, just before we move on, I'm, I'm just listening to the, um, the conversation. I think there's, the people who are going to listen to this, there's so much useful stuff already. Um, and people might not necessarily think that just from listening to us chat about surfing and, and other <laughs> things, but, um you you mentioned tim you've lost people to to triathlon um um and, and they'd started coming to your uh groups and and your sessions yeah. and um both of those have something in common which is um community and yeah i i see this a lot whether it's doing couch to 5k um and you've got a community group on strava who are doing it um or whether it's triathlon or, or group PT sessions or military fitness or wh whatever it is that kind of if if you're not someone who enjoys exercise necessarily um, that can be a great way to get started you meet others yeah. you, you, you meet like-minded people probably people who are just like you um, but um, are going there to 
work with others and, and be motivated by each other. And mm. I think that, that's really powerful, but it doesn't necessarily mean that a boot camp is, is the best thing. It doesn't necessarily mean that triathlon is the best thing, but um, don't be afraid to try new things and different things until you find something which you enjoy. And for Dave, when he was younger and still now, it's been on the surf. And no yeah. doubt, Dave, you had friends that you went and did that with when you were younger. Um, and you probably still go with people now. And it's that kind of, yeah. you enjoyed to do it, <clears throat> but you enjoy it probably more when you're with other people and when you're sharing that experience sure. and you're motivating each other. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of things in that, which is about um, kind of the process. So, every, so people who... Uh, most people who, who are looking to lose weight, lose fat. Um, they, they want to transform how they look, how they feel um, towards a different point. And they may, might have a specific goal of one stone or 10 kilos or 15 pounds, whatever it is. Um, but the, that, that's, that's the outcome. That's what you want to achieve. But the actual process of getting there, there's a million different ways to, to skin the cat. And um, mm. It does take a little bit of experimentation, I guess, to to truly kind of um, understand how you can really enjoy that process. What sort of things do you enjoy to do that are make, going to make it much more likely that you'll succeed in that journey and going through it, seeing it through, but then also more importantly, um, what happens when you get there? So mm. if you reach a point that um, it's going to be different if you're trying to get a stage, stage lean for a bodybuilding competition versus um, you starting in, uh, let's say, a, a less healthy position. You're just trying to get to a more healthy position. And it might be a, a, to a normal body weight, let's say. Um, what what you do to get there is is probably different, um, but can At also different stages where you're you starting there. from. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Um, uh, where, where, where you're starting from is a big, you know, I think... Um, I, I train, and it took me a while to realize this, going into what I do now, marketing myself generically around a city to anybody and everybody to come to a fitness class, training session. don't know if you've seen, but it's a sort of a conditioning circuit style setup. Mm. And um, that compared to marketing myself in a gym, which I used to when I was at Nuffield and Virgin Active and the rest of it, you've got a different market in front of you. You've not got a health seeking individual that's come to a gym, signed on the dotted line, pays their 50 quid a month and they go, right, I'm coming here three, four, five times a week um, to get healthy. I'm putting myself out there to anybody and everybody. I'm jumping in front of people on their laptop or their phone saying, look, I, I run this. You don't have to do anything other than come to my sessions. It's a, it's a different type of client that I look, that I get, in, that I get coming than I used to when you've got them in front of you at a gym. It took me quite a while to do that. And if you was to go even further, sort of, if we look at like Dave's got his gym clientele coming towards him, coming to him, again, in front of him, myself, I'm sort of in a city in the middle of things. Um, and then you've got somebody who really doesn't want to think about getting healthy as such or getting fit. But my, my mum's partner, for example, has just lost a lot of weight during lockdown because he's gotten golfing a lot more than he, than he had the chance to before. And he just loves a walk and a, and a chat with his mates as, as much as anything else. He's, he's just really getting out there. So I think getting the message across to general population that you don't have to hit the, hit the gym, you know, hit CrossFit or go to a spin class to be in 
healthy rangers it's not it's not um, as important as they might think and i think we've been guilty of in the fitness industry for pu- pushing that towards people is that you look you're not healthy unless you go to the gym what about a football player what about a football player that eats healthy or a rugby player that eats healthy you know some of those rugby players <laughs> at Mellish should wouldn't step foot in a gym ever but they love the they love the uh, you know training two or three times a week and a match on a weekend and actually if you want to go down that route maybe alex would have something to say on it if you look at the um, the blue zones that I mentioned, the centennials, uh, the, you know, the five zones in the air, in the world with the most people living to a hundred or more, they have community. They have a lot more things before they have the gym, right? So they have community. They have a, um, a, uh, relationships, a, a, a relationships, religion, family close by a purpose of, of work, for example. Um, and, and that does that sort of step into your realms with your role as, uh, what you do for a living, Alex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It 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 does. I mean, I'm still um, heavily involved in kind of health. Just give us an elevator pitch on what you do for a living, mate. Yeah, so I um, I work for a UK wide organisation. There's um, about forty one thousand people work for us, um, and I'm in the health and wellbeing team for that organisation, leading primarily on on mental health. So looking at the strategy we've got for the business in terms of how we are supporting people's mental health, um, what, what are we making available to them, how are we looking at the, the way we work and ask them to work so it reduces the impact on their mental health and obviously trying to keep people um, healthy, feeling good, in work, productive. Um, and that, that it fits in with other elements of what we're trying to achieve. So physical activity and, and physical side of health definitely comes into that, but uh, from an organizational perspective, occupational health as well. So we've got um, a number of risk factors in our business, um, which we have to control by law and we've got processes in place, but also um, if people have any respiratory issues or musculoskeletal issues, then we have to make sure we we do all we can to support them to continue to work, um, but also to offer rehabilitation and, and keep them well um, in that. So it's, it's quite a, a diverse um, team and, and role we have. So you're linked up with um, like corporate gym memberships and stuff like that. You give your guys um, at places like where we used to work a, a discounted stuff or you send them there or you've got on-site. Is it more on-site stuff? Yeah, we... We've got a bit of both because of the um, the disparity of our workforce. So some will work in big offices, others will work in smaller depots and, and others may not see a building. They'll be out doing Manual. some of the operational yeah. work. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we have to provide uh, as best we can equal opportunities right across the diversity of our workforce. So we do have some on-site gyms and on-site uh, counseling services and occupational health services, physiotherapy. Um, but we also provide, yeah, like you said, discounts to uh, gym chains or um, reduced membership at uh, health clubs or access to physiotherapy or, or counseling virtually or over the phone or, or however that can be done. So there you've got um, p- people who uh, do manual, manual work probably aren't going to suffer so much from a, uh, I mean, I'm just spitballing here, but from from a, a weight gain perspective, unlikely to be obese. How dare I say? It? I'm totally wrong here. 
no kids, <laughs> Alex is smiling. I'm totally wrong. But I knew as that was coming out of my mouth, I might be totally wrong. But at least they're moving, they're active. And then you've got people in offices. Is it, um, you've talked about mental health a little bit. Does, is, the, is there an element of the business that suffers more with mental health and physical and physical versus mental? Or is it a general across the board um, thing? It's, it's difficult to generalize, I will say, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like we've already talked about, each is an individual, but I would suggest that we have an aging workforce. We have a male dominated workforce as well. We have a, um, a pre-existing culture, which is um, probably going to the pub and eating takeaway food yeah, yeah. and not necessarily leading a, um, what you would call a, a healthy lifestyle. And that's yeah. obviously a huge broad generalization. There will be people in there who, who will um, be absolute advocates for health and well-being, um, but it, it, there is a population who work in offices, and, and as we know, it's it's more than likely you'll be sedentary for seven mm. to nine hours a day, and maybe yeah. there's a commute involved in that as well, where you, you won't be doing much. So there's different challenges around. Um, we have probably part of the workforce who are less active at work, um, and we need to find ways of encouraging that and and uh, motivating them to do that, and then. Another part of the workforce, which are naturally more active at work, but actually there might be other lifestyle factors which we need to look at, which is about healthy eating at work, which is about yeah. mental health, which is about getting good sleep because we do have shift pattern rotations. Oh, so right, energy yeah. levels and fatigue and those types of things are really important. Even as I said that, I've been a manual laborer before. And as I was saying that, I was thinking of how fat some of the people I worked with was we was roofers I was a roofers laborer and my right hand man was huge you know and always on a diet and I'm, I was just thinking the other day I've been doing a bit of a cut myself a little bit of a ship, short sharp get back in shape cut and I thought you know what uh, I've been tracking calories on my apple watch and I thought I'd love to have worn this when I was labor when I was a laborer it'd be so if you had nutrition knowledge and um and was a manual laborer. There's no real excuse for not being in half decent shape because I reckon I'd be shredding through 5,000 calories a day. Granted, I was 18 at the time, but um, I'd be shredding through 5,000 calories a day. And um, if I'd have just known to eat 3,000 relatively healthy hip protein targets, I'd have been cut, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, it, it would be interesting to put some kind of yeah ac active device on different people across the business to look at yeah, yeah, expenditures. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But also then ask for a, a, a short nutrition diary to see what people are, are eating and, and drinking through the day. Yeah. Um, because like you say, there has to be on a energy balance level at some point, uh, quite a lot of calories going in. If you're burning four or 5,000 through just general activity and doing work and the work is, it's heavy work it's manual yeah yeah lots of machinery and, and heavy lifting and um obviously a lot of that stuff from an occupational health perspective and safety perspective we're trying to um use machines rather than human power i guess to do that but there are certain things which still have to be done by um by hand yeah yeah by hand. yes yeah, so similar to the industry i was in before this yeah anything on that mate dave got out to say well, I mean, I think just going back to uh, what we were saying before about, uh, you know, about different types of exercise, I think that all three of us, we have been consistent with uh, you know, I think that community, for example, it is really, really important. And that's one thing that now we lock down, 
uh, you know, I, I heard from a lot of clients from the gym that are really desperate for the gym to come back yeah. because they really miss, uh, you know, coming to the classes because there are people that just go to the gym to do the classes because they, they get that, that sense of community, right? And, you know, then there's people that just like to be training by themselves on a treadmill or just lifting weights. But I think the main thing really to, you know, to be healthy, to, you know, to be at a good uh, body composition is you got to be consistent. Whether it's yoga, whether it's running, whether, you know, it's doing a class. Uh, I, I think that, I mean, like Alex, I've seen Alex over these, you know, 11, 12 years and I've known him. I've seen him be a runner and, you know, quite, uh, quite lean like now. No, no, he's never not been lean, but then I also seen you at like a 90K, right? Mm. But you is trained, whether it was like lifting weights or more into cardio. I've never spoken to you and you not been doing something. Even you, Tim. Whether it's now more like yoga or is it more more like you know TRX body uh, you know body weight or some weightlifting type of stuff, you've always done it and myself as well. I haven't stopped training really, one way or the other since God you know ninety ninety six or something like that. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a. I don't know. I'd, I'd shy away from saying lifestyle because I wouldn't want anyone to think that they've got to change their lifestyle to to be healthy. I don't think. That, well, no, but it is. You know what? Uh, it's definitely a you mindset. Know what, for me, I can tell you one thing. I, I just love it, right? And no matter what it is, and if you tell me, now let's just talk about gym, for example, right? But if you said to me, okay, uh, you'll never gain any more lean muscle. You'll never gain any more strength you, you know like so all of these parameters but you can train all you want but you never get gonna have any more muscle or anything else you know what i'll still, still go and train yeah because for the endorphins like, yeah and sometimes especially in the winter when it's dark and you feel a little bit down or something you know because everybody has those days right everybody has those days you go and do some exercise you're gonna feel a lot better yeah how do you how, right? dave well, just, run, whatever hypothetically you know. dave hypothetically you get um, a client walks into the gym, wants to train with you, doesn't want to train with anyone else. And they're 40 kilos overweight. And they say, I'm coming in here three times. You know, you've got to, I'm coming in three times a week. What's your approach when someone's like that? And they're not of an active mindset. They've never been in a gym in their whole life. And they're just, they turn up on the door and say, do something with me. What do you, what do you do day one? Bunch of (laughs) tobaccos. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, of course not. Hill running, get money. I know we're, we're laughing because you know some people obviously you know have that approach. I've made that uh, mistake. If, if, I've made that mistake. If, well, listen, we all have. But if you want them to come back, the, you know, on the next day or or, you know, or the same week, then you, you don't want to scare them away that way, no. Yeah. And I, I think that the main thing as a trainer, the first time you're just gonna see a little bit how they move, so you're gonna do a little bit of an assessment. You know, what's your what's your cardio like, but. Basically, again, through a gentle session, might be, you know, just like some walking or some like cardio on anything that they can do, injury dependent. You, and, you know, you just teach them a few exercises. And really, um, I, I think that's, you know, you don't, you don't want to scare people, first of all, and you don't want to get them, you know, get them hurt. Mm. Rule number one is, you know, do no harm. So you do don't want to be, exactly. well, you know. But uh, I, I think even uh, even with myself now, to be honest with you, I got to the point where, you know, because I like to train a lot, right? I, I don't, if I stay even like a day without training, I, I don't feel like mentally there's something there that I start to get, you know, nervous. So I, 
I don't beast myself every day. So what I mean by that, I don't do anything that's too high intense. Like the, the day before yesterday, I did uh, a really long run for, for me, Alex. <laughs> so I did about uh, an hour 10 with a friend of mine who is a marathon runner. He's a lot lighter. Obviously, he goes slower, slower to keep the pace with me or sometimes he wears a weight vest. But anyway, and, and we did a good run. Then later on, I did a nice long walk again for an hour. So yesterday, my heart variability was quite, was quite low, right? Heart variability is a way that to measure how, how well you recover. Let's keep it to that. So I, I didn't feel like doing anything in high intensity. But what I did later in the afternoon, I did some body weight. And I really like doing ladders. So I'll do like two chin-ups, one overhead push-up, some sit-ups. Three chin-ups, two push-ups, some sit-ups. And, and, and that way, I managed to do half an hour where I felt refreshed. I felt as I've ended up the session feeling more energized than when I, when I began the session. And mentally, I felt uh, a lot better as well because I was starting to get to the point where I was starting to get a little bit, you know, a little bit fidgety and, and uh, yeah, it just helps me come, come, you know, calm me down, should we say. Um, Alex, what about you from a, uh... Um, cause I, Dave's there with me. Like I can, I, I mean, I've been climbing stairs for my cardio. Honestly, it's literally worse than a treadmill. It's just round and round and round, but I put a podcast on and I'm happy. Something to do with numbers on my watch. Um, I'm starting to do maths in my head. Like I, 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 I can do that. No, not many people can. And I think being empathetic to them people is really important from a trainer's coach's standpoint. And we all know that I'm not, you know, yeah. we're talking about anything new, but what do you see from a community perspective at work? Like if you had, have you ever done any of these, like uh, giving everyone a pedometer and seeing how many steps a, a team can accrue? I've had, cause I work in a city with a lot of, uh, you know, similar probably organizations to what you work with. Um, I know that companies uh, have done that with their accounts team versus their legal team and stuff like that. And that, that I've seen that get amazing results with people before from an activity point that view that everybody's just gone like whoosh through the, through the roof from a, a, how much they're increasing their steps and, and that kind of thing. Is that the, is, is that the kind of thing you run or is, and, and if so, what, um, what do you notice from that sort of stuff? I'd assume you get data on that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, we, <clears throat> we haven't done anything recently, but we have, um, we have in the past. So predominant challenges um, are, I guess one of the most common you'll see in, in businesses. It's um, that's old school. I've bought that up fairly, for about 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Fairly inexpensive. Um, nowadays you can, most people have got smartphones, smartphones have got um, pedometers yeah. built into them. So um, general step counts and those types of things. And um, yeah, broad, broadly that, that degree of competition, community working in teams, um, where, where it's worked better is um, almost normalizing um, people's activity. And what I mean by that is um, set, we, we've done challenges where we set a cap uh, per day. So it might be 10,000 steps a day as a maximum. And anything beyond that doesn't count anymore. Um, so for those people like me, for instance, I've just checked my watch. I've done about 15,000 steps already <laughs> today. Um, that, that's me normally um yeah. do, doing that and for someone to think fifteen thousand steps who isn't that active that's an enormous amount of activity for them it's not easy to get to get steps no, right it's not so if you if you set a, a kind of a, an upper limit on that i would i, I would have contributed my ten thousand already someone else 
uh, may contribute 3,000, but everyone's contributing to it. Um, it do, you don't have this massive um, yeah, disparity variation. between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, coming back to the point, it's not it's not only a physical exercise. Those types of things can be great. It is motivating. It's motivating for people who are already active because um, they already love that. So they're going to take part in any initiative which is activity based. Yeah. And for others who are looking for that degree of motivation and want to get started, it's a great way just to um, be with like-minded other people and work together to get into that. Um, but we also see that in, in other communities. So in, in mental health, we, we have, um, I don't know if you've heard of Yammer. It's like a, um, it's like a Facebook for corporate organizations, basically. No, I haven't. Um, so it, you can have community groups, uh, social media based, um, and there's lots of different groups on there. So th there's things on there related to mental well-being, to LGBT, to safety on the rail, um, lots of different things. And um, that that creates a, um, a community at a distance for people to have like-minded interests. So there'll be things on there on the mental health one where there's daily posts of uh, what people are doing to stay mentally well or motivational tips or links to various resources and even those types of things similar to activity um, can um, make fee people feel part of something um, so they can contribute but they can also learn from other people as well and that's similar to the activity one yeah um, but what I just wanted to say one point and what, what Dave said there I think it's, it's interesting a lot of people have probably got the mindset that um, being active means it's going to be difficult and you're going to feel horrendous while you're doing it. And it's going to be, um, you're going to ache the next day and ache for a few days. Um, and, and that's almost one of these myths you want to, you want to bust right away that, um, you can get started and, and um, depending on where you're at, it could be just having a, a short walk around your block and it might be 10 minutes. And that, that's okay. That, that's fine. It doesn't have to be an hour's PT session in the gym or a, um, an exercise class, spin class, sort of sweating and feel your heart pounding out your chest. Um, if that isn't what interests you or, or that is presenting a degree of fear, which is preventing you from being active, then um, just do something very simple that you can... Yeah, but you like, know what, Alex? I, I think that is really important in a way that... First of all, I think it's getting into the habits, right? So establish a little the routine. Habit. Carving that, out a habit yeah. big, yeah. Something that is achievable. So, you know, going for a little walk, you know, doing some little exercise at home, 20, 30 minutes. And, and to be honest with you, I think even from a, a body composition point of view, trying to lose a little bit of weight, should we say, doing that multiple times a day, like a little walk, 15 minutes, then do some work, yeah. you know, have a little walk after dinner, you know, and things like that, I think sometimes it can be even more beneficial than doing a big bulk, let's say an hour, and then sitting down for the rest of the day. And it's yeah. shown that in studies as well, not to be that good for, you know, you know, for to prevention of cardiovascular disease instead of doing like multiple bouts throughout the day, right? Which a lot of people is achievable. Every couple of hours, even, you know, do, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes, whatever might be some body weight squats at home or push-ups or a couple of blocks. I often just go and walk just the blocks mm. or I walk in the garden. If the weather's bad, I've done 5k and now this will sound crazy, but body um, running on the spot, watching uh, <laughs> a Netflix documentary on nutrition. And guys, I start off by saying, I'll just do five minutes. And then I say, you know what? I've done okay. And 
do you know you, you get yeah. carried away so yeah. with, with my morning walk sometimes I, you know i just say i just gonna do half hour and then actually when i got time obviously i said well you know actually it feels good i'll do 45 and I end up doing an hour yeah or a walk can turn into a run you go out feeling not feeling like it and I, I've, I've done it this week actually i've been out for a walk with my phone in my pocket and my and my key or what my keys or whatever and then before i knew it, i was like oh i wish i had my bum bag because I, I want yeah. to jog a bit yeah. you know and before and i know it, i've just ran anyway and i'm not going to break any you know i'm not going to get any pbs or anything but it's it's just showed you that that turning do basically you know eating an elephant one bite at a time as they but say you know what right? in you contrast a little bit also get, you can also be get away so sometimes so let's say that you're following a schedule right and i'm going in today and i want to do something heavy which might be a crossfit workout or some you know heavy lifting whatever it might be right or a hard run or whatever and you're not feeling it. So if you measure your heart rate variability might be low, or if you don't have that, you just, you know, have that, that feeling where you're tired. You don't have to do that. You just go and sometimes instead of doing a run, you just do a walk. Instead of yeah. doing similar weights, you might do uh, some, some heavy weights, you might do some yoga or lighter weights, anything to make you feel better. And going back to Alex's point before as well, often that is the problem. Somebody walks into the gym the first time, especially if they haven't used a gym, because we've all seen those clients, they haven't been doing any physical activity for 20 years, and then they suddenly booked in to do uh, you know, something really intense. And I say to them, look, you know, yeah. you probably, you know, yeah. probably want to start off a little bit easier. But anyway, and, but on, in contrast to that, there are some people, and I'm sure that we all see these people, that unless they feel that they can't walk the next day, they don't think that was a good workout. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah. Which is, yeah, completely nonsense um and i mean well i don't want to go into it but if you look at some of the pavel stuff and what have you like the grease in the groove for fitness uh, for, for strength is as, as important uh, much more important than uh, than just hammering uh, hammering away you know I, that's one thing i like about strength training when i'm really training for strength is it's quite low volume yeah you know three times a week and, and you can be hitting pbs in, in, but even in a with, month with body weight like i said that I, you know i've been doing that at home and i'll do like chin-ups because I've, I've been doing chin-ups for many years so i don't have a problem with i can even do it weighted if you want to make a, a little bit more of the strength but i find like pistol squats so one leg squats really challenging and overhead it's playful pushes. right it's you know playful with, and you like it it's a skill that you need to learn and develop i think that's so i'll do that in, in in little reps so do one overhead push-up one squat and one squat two yeah. push-ups two squats two squats all the way to three and then i go back to one and that way i am greasing the groove i'm getting yeah. better repetitions i'm doing better quality repetitions and i'm not getting exhausted because what you see and i have no you know not, nothing personal against uh, crossfit and i have done crossfit classes uh, but when you see workouts listen i mean i'm not saying that i'm an athlete but i've done a lot of training over years i can deadlift i can you know do all these things and i've seen uh, you know deadlift uh, by 20 reps followed by 10 overhead push-ups followed by 10 squats yeah. single leg left and right like they pulled it out of thin air for no reason you know, whatsoever, followed, followed right? by 800 meter sprint and then back in and repeat i mean yeah. how, how is that going to make you better at overhead at any one thing or? i mean yeah <laughs> um i mean i'll start to sort of close a little bit but yeah another thing i want to i mean we've been really quite i think we've been quite nice to 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 general population say look just play a bit of golf go a walk instead da, 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 da. where and alex you'd probably have more uh, awareness of this where i don't know if it's something that you you know check with the the staff that work for your organization but um where do you draw the line because i i mean i i know clients that or i know clients that train intensely and I know people that do a bit of yoga, which is all good, nice and healthy and, you know, mindset is great. 
But what if they're doing that and they're still not healthy and they're still not where they want to be? Do you, do you look at parameters of someone might play Sunday league football, train twice a week, but hammer a, you know a gallon of beer after every time they go to the, they go and do their thing? Where do you? Is it something you look at that that there is a point of saying, look, you might be. I don't care if if you're uh, fit and healthy, uh, fit if you're training for fitness and you're being active your diet's still shit. You're, you're overweight. I mean, I know people like this have trained with me in the past and unfortunately I probably didn't have the tools to give them the right, um, the right advice at the time. Is that something you look at Alex or is that, have I jumped, uh, jumped ahead a bit far? Um, <clears throat> I think the, the role I'm in at the moment is, is different because we don't, we don't, we don't provide individual support like Specific that. Specific stuff. No. Yeah. So, um, I guess from coming actually, I mean, on, on, on the point you raised about blue zones. Yeah. I was so, going to get touch on that. Yeah. Yeah. So some, someone who is really active and, um, using the example there drinks a gallon of beer. Um, it's, it's probably not the best thing for their health. No, you, the blue zones aren't, they might be, they might have a lot of religion and family and community yeah. and a purpose, but you're not going to be in a blue zone if you, you know, the pub isn't going to be in the blue zone, not going to feature yeah. very highly, is it, right? But what I think what the, the, the point um, I was leading on to was around what, what's the definition of healthy? Mm. Um, because for that person, for us to judge what they do and determine that against a preset criteria for what we think healthy is. Um, they could challenge that and say, well, I do all this activity and I'm fit as a fiddle. Um, but I drink this beer because that's where I spend time with my mates. Community, and that's me feel, their community. Makes yeah. me feel great. And, and overall it keeps me, um, keeps me feeling healthy. Yeah. And um, if somebody on the other hand is, um, if, you know, runs 70 miles a week and eats really healthily but lives alone and is you know running against the devil that's in their head and they're insular and they've got no yeah. mates and they're on the they they benefit from chilling out and having a few beers right with them yeah, or, yeah. you know I mean, finding the, some it fine. comes down to like the i mean it it, it would be okay what what are you trying to achieve what do you want and if yeah. if, if someone in that position had come to me and said um look i've I enjoy these things, but I, I just, we're we, we looking at this episode in mind. I, I, I want to be a bit lighter. I want to lose some fat. A bit, okay, so let's, let's take a look at what you're doing and um, let, let's talk openly about the, the, the kind of the biggest fish in the pond. We, what are the things which you're doing frequently enough and probably a certain degree which are likely preventing you from getting to that point? And one of those might be, chugging a gallon of beer after every exercise session yeah exactly. um, so depends on what a pe person wants to achieve um will then probably determine what what we focus on but if someone is telling me that uh, i feel great i'm able to do everything i want to um all the different parameters what you generally consider healthy from a um, even from a, a lab test perspective as well looking good no no, no significant health concerns then I guess there's a degree from me to say, well, who am I to judge? I might not see that as a healthy behavior, mm. but it's keeping that person doing all the things they're doing, which is healthy for them. Um, if they continue that for 30, 40 years consistently, then there may be some risks that come with that, but who knows? Yeah. Um, so 
I guess that's it, it's always a um, it depends type of answer on of that course. type of thing. Anything, Dave? No, I agree with Alex. I mean, I'm a bit in the same position when I see people, clients coming in and, uh, you know, they say, oh, I drink too much. Well, you know, define too much. What is too much for you, right? Yeah. So you have to see what, what, in what states the arts, uh, you know, what stage you're at in, in, in the life and in the health. If, if they're pre-diabetic, they need to lose a lot of weight, cholesterol is really high, then drinking, you know, 20 pints a, 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 a week, it's not going to be great, right? No. But if you're otherwise healthy, and everything on your, on your lab ranges are fine and you know you you exercise and you have a good uh, lifestyle you know you're happy with work and relationships etc and you like to have a few pints a week what's wrong with that it's like yeah. it's like coffee right you can't tell somebody oh you know you're drinking too much coffee if that coffee is interfering with your life and it's keeping you up at night is making you you know nervous and giving you yeah. diarrhea then it's too much it's a problem. if you have a coffee after dinner like a lot of people have in Italy, espresso, even like at 10, at 10 p.m. And then they sleep between, you know, 11 p.m. and, you know, 7 a.m. without problems. Why it's is that coffee problem. bad for you? Yeah, it's right? only a problem when it's a problem, right? It is, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's a, I mean, last note, we'll make this the last note, but I don't know if you've ever had it before, but I've had people completely misunderstand while I train and, and say things like, um, you know, what are you trying to do? Live forever is, you know, is that why you train? You're going to die. You can't help that. I'm like, well, that's not why I train. <laughs> give, give me, like you said, Dave, then you could write down on a, you know, give me a contract now saying every time you train, it's not going to make your life any longer. It's, it's not going to give you anything else. You'd still do it because it's something you like, love, and I think that aspect comes from the mentality of it that, 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 that you know, what would we do with those hour, that hour a day or that, or those yeah. eight hours a week that we train for, what would we do with that time if we didn't? I mean, um, it's, it, you could be, I don't know, start a business, be productive in a different oh, way. Right. You could, whatever, but we choose not to, we choose to do these other things. And I think. Going uh, back uh, just a second to what Alex was saying. I mean, I think that normally in, in the fitness world, should we say you give that, 80 20 rule 80 percent of the time mm. you know be active eat a certain way you know sleep etc and then 20 percent it can be that leeway to say okay you know have you you know a couple of pints of beer have a cake whatever you you think that you know that is not going to be healthy for you but it can still contribute to you know to your healthy lifestyle however it that 80 20 will depend on who you're talking to if it's somebody because i've seen people at work that literally been sent by the hospital because if they don't lose weight, they're going to amputate the leg because of yeah. diabetes. Now that 80, 20 for you is probably going to be like a 95, five. Right, Alex? So, yeah, it's very individual, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and what that 95 is might be different from one person to, yeah. to the next. Yeah. 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 We've spoke about it before with diet, right? Like improving someone's diet by, 50% improving my diet by 50% versus in, improving Dave's diet by 50% versus improving Joe Bloggs's diet by 50%. It's completely different. You know, it's absolutely, um, it, it, you know, it, absolutely different. I'm um, an advocate of balance because I lean a little bit towards the sway of, you know, I, I, I love my, I love food and a beer, um, but it does not, I don't let that, I don't let it that pendulum get too heavy one way or the other, and I try to keep things um, centered. And it's uh, 
yeah, it's. I mean, it's a it's an interesting subject. We'll never we'll never get but to the I th- end. I of. think we might need to get Alex in another time and talk about yeah, we strategies. Can have another episode. Talk yeah, about strategies yeah, yeah. on yeah. how to you know overcome that because that you know today we identified you know different issues and you know and what we can what might be you know some good strategies. But I think it's is really good to you know to talk about the barriers that people have and how to prevent those too. Yeah, yeah. sure. Well, I think it. Um, Today's chat's obviously been quite broad, um, but I think there's still still lots in there for people to um, to benefit from if they if if rather than us giving you prescriptive advice, this is more about just um, how to how to approach this this area if you want to become more active or to lose weight or whatever it is. Mm. Um, it's um, It, it doesn't come with a prescription. Like if you have a headache, you don't take a par- you take a paracetamol, which might help with the headache. Um, but with yeah. this, there's it's so much more complex. Um, so I think just just busting some of those general myths initially is hopefully very useful for people. And then if if you want to get into okay, what um, strategies to set up a, a more healthy and balanced diet or to get more active, those types of things. Obviously, there's books and books written on that but i'm sure yeah. there's, there's i, I think uh, i mean j- just a quick one there alex and tim i think that in many ways both for nutrition point of view and exercise point of view you don't really give one or two action points at a time because if you start to when people try to make too many changes for example give up drinking give up smoking and start exercising every day they're most yeah. likely gonna fail right yeah just start with one step at a time yeah for example, you know, just, just fix your breakfast. And then we'll talk about lunch, snacks, and dinner. Yeah. I've been knocking a square peg into a round hole for three weeks now. It's been a challenge. Like I've been, um, you know, hitting it hard from a nutrition point of view, increased activity, two training sessions a day, because I wanted to whip my ass sharp into back into shape. I fell, I fell into bad patterns through the beginning of lockdown, and it was, and it was really tough. But... And, and that's said with experience. So I, I, I know these things. And the, the trick is that, and I'm, I'm going to sort of write about it and put, put it out as a bit of a program because I think a three-week um, sort of reset thing for people can be useful. But the, the majority of what I've ended up writing about is how to come out of those three weeks. Those three weeks are, are doable if you can just get into that mindset. But I finished on Tuesday, and it's, so that's like four or five days later now. Me coming out of it has been as much of a challenge as as being in it so at the moment i've you know put calories up to maintenance i've uh, um, indulged in a few treats i had my first sort of glass or two of wine last night for, for in a while and that for me from a mentality point of view is what's going to be the tougher point of the, the tougher thing to train will be the mentality about coming out because the amount of people who, one of the, th- the big things I noticed with this like reset, if you like, or whip into shape, whatever we end up calling it is that people will do it before they go and have a blowout they knew was coming. So they might, they, they might, like, I'll do that before my holiday. And then they do three weeks and then what go to Magaluf for and on it for, on it for, on it for a week. Now that's not what people should be looking at doing. They should be doing it on the back of a blowout, if you want to call it that, to lead themselves back into a more balanced position. And, you know, I, th- I think um, I th- it's, it's proving a tough thing to write. I'm, it's probably not going to be my ideal first bit of 
sort of ebook kind of thing that I'll end up putting out, but uh, it'll uh, it's a challenge for me, but I think it'll be useful for a lot of people. Um, yeah. I know that we want general balance considering long-term we want this and we don't want any pendulums up or pull down too far or left or right, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, but I, I, in, in the world that I live in, people do have ins and outs and, you know, peaks and troughs um, with, well, my expat lifestyle doesn't, you know, sort of lends itself towards having a bit of a summer blowout usually. Um, and then being in routine throughout the term time, you know, a lot of parents all sympathize with that. They'll be able to talk about being, you know, they're in routine when they're at school, they can do their healthy eating, they can get to yoga, get to the gym and all the rest of it. Uh, but when they go on a Christmas holiday or when they have a, a holiday in the summer, it's often two weeks of, uh, of indulgence. So, yeah. I think what, what, what you've said there, Tim, is, again, probably really useful for people. And you've, you've shown a degree of vulnerability there that you, you're still trying to find your way through this new phase, even though you're so experienced and have been in the industry for God knows how many years now. Um, there's, there's no kind of blueprint which you're following. You've done the, the three-week reset. Um, now you're, you're, you yourself are trying to find that balance. Mm. Um, so, again, for, for, for people who are listening, um, there's, it's, a, it's a journey, isn't it? It's, it's not something yeah. that uh, there's, a, there's a start and end. There might be a start and end for a certain, if, you, uh, if you've got a wedding or a holiday coming up. Um, yeah. But if we're looking at a long-term change it is definitely a journey where um, there's certain things and principles you can you can look at which will make that more achievable and, and easier and, and balanced and um but there's um even even with the knowledge you have you, you you're troubleshooting as you go yeah it's tricky um, and that's why having a coach or a pt is really useful to help guide mm. you um They've but, often made mistakes that, that that you won't have to if you listen exactly. To so yeah, you yeah. can you can um, I guess yeah, you don't have to go down those um, same routes of making those mistakes because you can um, find your way more easily um, yeah. with, with yeah. that type of support, and so that's where probably communities and other things do come in to be really oh, useful. Big time, yeah. yeah, yeah. Guys, I reckon we should be wrapping up. I think this will be one of our longest <laughs> episodes. Hours, back, so yeah. It's a good hour. <laughs> yeah. um, but we, we absolutely, I've said it to everybody that, uh, you know, if, whenever you want to come back on, mate, and if we have a subject coming up that we think will be added to by having you on, and I'm sure we will, um, you'll be invited back on in the future, mate. So uh, a pleasure to, to chat to you. Great. Thanks, Tim. Cheers, Dave. Nice one. Stay on Cheers, the line. Alex. I'll uh, yeah, say goodbye thanks, in a second. Tim. Guys, Coffee with Coaches, episode number... What did I say? 20, 29? 29. 29. <laughs> Out, guys. A pleasure. As always, see you next week.